Welcome to the Friday, July 30th edition of the Daily Wager podcast. Huge weekend in store. Trades in the NBA, trades in Major League Baseball, UFC fight night, and everything in between. We've got you covered for that variety of action. Settle in and buckle up for the next 10 minutes as we get you set with everything you need to know for the betting weekend. All right, boys and girls, this is the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Alongside Tyler Foljam, I'm Joe Fortenball. This is not a podcast that can be done in 10 minutes. It will be done in 10 minutes, but with everything that happened yesterday, brother, oh my God, the sports world's on fire. Let's start with this. The Lakers set to make a huge splash acquiring Russell Westbrook from the Washington Wizards in exchange for Kyle Kuzma. Montrez Harrell, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and the number 22 pick in last night's NBA draft. Currently, the Lakers are 4-1 to one to win next year's NBA title, right behind the Brooklyn Nets, who are plus 225. Adding Westbrook, and based on what they gave up to get him, do you like the move? Do you like the idea of playing the Lakers to win the title, or is it a stay away at this moment? I, I like the move with a little bit of TBD. Um, around it because I do think Anthony Davis has to embrace playing the five more often, something he hasn't really wanted to do. I think LeBron James has to embrace playing power forward a little more, something he hasn't wanted to do. I have to see what shooters they put around Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis because that's a tremendous deficiency on that roster right now. But adding Russell Westbrook, I think, is a huge benefit for the Lakers, especially LeBron and AD in this regard. Russell Westbrook is an absolute regular season workhorse. Okay, he will go out there in the regular season and allow LeBron James and Anthony Davis to coast and reserve their energy for the playoffs when it matters most. That doesn't exist in Russell Westbrook's vocabulary. He never coasts in any basketball game or any practice. So he will be out there allowing LeBron and AD to maybe avoid the injuries that undid the Lakers this uh, season uh, as they went into the uh, postseason because AD certainly wasn't even available to play and LeBron, I don't think, was close to 100%. So if they can maintain health and uh, you know stamina by Russell Westbrook during the regular season doing his Russell Westbrook thing, then I like that move for their ability to improve chances in the postseason. From a betting perspective, Joe, I don't like the Lakers in the West because they're the overwhelming favorite right now. I think there's more value on Denver to win the West. But with the Lakers still 4-1 to one behind the Brooklyn Nets to win the NBA championship, I like betting them more in that market than I do to win the West if that makes any sense to you. Uh, Finally, the other kind of betting fallout I I had from this is Russell Westbrook, again, being a regular season workhorse, maybe having some narrative if the Lakers are the best team in the West this season, 50-1 to to win the NBA MVP. I don't know if he can average a triple-double having to share the ball and um, initiation responsibilities with LeBron James. Hard to average a lot of assists when LeBron is on your team. But if anyone can do it, Russell Westbrook will be that guy. We know he'll steal rebounds from LeBron and Anthony Davis because he's done it from guys like Steven Adams and Thomas Bryant during his career. So 50 to 1, I think, is some tremendous value on a guy who is likely going to be on a top two team in the West and is likely going to have some pretty healthy regular season numbers. Russell Westbrook as the MVP on a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That is a feather in your cap if you can pull that off (laughs) and somehow win a title in the process. My thoughts are this, uh, and this is as mundane as it gets. I don't think you need to be in any rush to make this bet. I think four to one is pretty much as low as it's going to go for now, right? We have free agency. Where's Dane Lillard going to end up? Where's Kyle Lowry going? Where's Ben Simmons going, if anywhere? There's so much that's yet to take place, and we pretty much already know what the Lakers are going to look like. They'll add some pieces, but this is as big a splash as it gets. So you're four to one. How much lower can you go over the next month? 
And I don't think it's much lower. So I don't think you need to be in a rush to bet the Lakers. I think you can sit back if you want. You can see how things unfold. And then you can pick your spots. Dallas at 30 to 1 is intriguing because they've got some money. They need to build around Luka to convince him to sign the long-term deal and to stay in Dallas. So I'm kind of keeping my eye on the Mavericks right now. One bet I would make in Major League Baseball is the Dodgers at minus 180 to win the NL West. We've been talking about this for weeks. And they've been minus 260, minus 250, minus 240, minus 250. And they're three games back of the Giants who continue to play great baseball. But if you're going to bring in Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, who's having a huge season, you're going to do that by just giving up prospects. Ultimately, I have to sit here and say to myself, well, Clayton Kershaw is going to come back. Minus 180 is the cheapest I've seen it. I'll take a shot here. Second best run differential in baseball behind only the Houston Astros. And ultimately, if you're going to keep Scherzer away from both the Giants, who probably were never in to begin with, and the Padres, who appeared to be close, I would go ahead and take a shot at that price because this is the cheapest we've seen. Do you have any thoughts on the Dodgers? Does that trade get you excited at all? Absolutely. I mean, Turner is a, a force offensively with his power and speed. Scherzer is obviously a workhorse himself and not just a workhorse, but an elite um, ace as well. So this team's just stacked, fully loaded. Like we said on bet earlier this week, you know, it's silly that they are the team with the best run differential at that time. Now Houston has overtaken them by one, but they've basically been all season long, a team that's best in terms of run differential, maybe the best predictive stat about how good a major league baseball team is over the course of 162 games. And they have dealt with all kinds of injuries and adversities. Mookie Betts, Corey Seager, Bellinger, their pitching staff as well, but they have still crafted a top two run differential in major league baseball. Once they get some reasonable luck in terms of re positive regression for injuries this team is as stacked as any I've, i remember in, in recent major league baseball history a, a venerable all-star team at almost every single spot all right so that's the big picture for baseball and basketball let's talk micro tonight anything on the card catching your eye at the moment yeah i like the uh, oakland a's against the uh, la angels uh like that yesterday with frankie montas against um, the uh, bullpen start uh, for the Angels. Montas shoved three hits over seven innings, uh, no runs, 10 Ks, and the uh, A's won four nothing. I love the addition of Starling Marte to their offense uh, at the top of the order. We know they already have pitching and bullpen in uh, Oakland. Uh, Bassett's on the bump today against um, the Angels offense that currently constructed is Shohei Otani, who's the best baseball player in the universe, maybe the most talented baseball player that's ever been born into this universe and then a whole <laughs> lot of garbage around him. Phil Gosselin is batting third as protection for Otani in the number two spot. And Gosselin has a career 692 OPS. Um, you got Rendon on the IL. You got Jared Walsh on the IL. Bassett's a very good pitcher. Um, you know, 1.07 whip, uh, an ERA well under four. I think he's like 10 and three this season, but um, he's a great pitcher. The A's are way better in terms of their lineup. Once you work around Otani, walk him three times like Montas did yesterday, and you can pretty much shut out the rest of that Angels lineup. So I think minus 115 is the price on the A's again to come out and beat the Angels, and I will gladly take the A's in every which way that I can and fade the Angels in every which way I can currently um, because of their offense. All right, from the American League to the National League, I'll give you two selections. Number one, I played the Pirates at plus 115 over the Phillies today. The Phillies are going to trot out Vince Velasquez who has been terrible. Don't look at the ERA. It's 5.54, which is bad enough. Look at the ERA this month in July, 10.92.
The guy gets shelled on a regular basis. He's going to go against Will Crow, who's been all right. Two or fewer earned runs in five of his last seven starts. So there's some potential there. And the Phillies are terrible against right-handed pitching. You want to bet the Phillies when they're going up against lefties, not righties. Phillies have dropped six of the last 10. They're 8-12 and 12 this season in Velasquez starts. Grabbing the Pirates at plus money, plus 115, that's something I'll take a shot on. I also like your St. Louis Cardinals, who were an underdog, and all of a sudden this line flipped in a big way. It's now minus 105 both ways. They're taking on Minnesota and Jose Barrios, who's probably going to get traded at some point, so this could end up being scratched. But maybe if he doesn't, he's going to go tonight. Minnesota's in fire sale mode. They dropped four or five. They're having an awful season. I can't imagine the clubhouse is all that stoked for this game. Meanwhile, your Cardinals very quietly have been playing competent baseball. I'm not going to go any further than that. But they came off the all-star break, and they're seven and five since. They're also very good against right-handed pitching. So they're going to have a shot to put some runs up tonight. Wade LeBlanc is going to go for St. Louis. It hasn't been a great season, but over his last five starts, 3-2-7 ERA. So he has been reasonable. So I'll play the Cardinals at minus 105 over Minnesota, who seems to be fading fast. I will play the Pirates plus 115 over the Phillies. Tomorrow night here in Las Vegas at the Apex, UFC fight night, Uriah Hall is going to be in the ring. Uh, he's had a really good run as of late, but he's taken on Sean Strickland in this matchup. Is there anything you're going to play in the main event at UFC Fight Night? Yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting about with the styles of these two. Strickland, very, very aggressive, and Hall is just an absolute uh, beast, even though he's the underdog in this one. I think I want to attack the number of rounds. Um, under two and a half is even money. Under three and a half is minus 125. Whichever one you feel comfortable with, obviously the bigger payout under two and a half. But I think Strickland's going to be very aggressive coming at Hall, trying to knock him out with his power and his striking ability in the first two rounds. Hall, obviously a very technically sound and powerful fighter in his own right, who may be able to catch Strickland in his aggression and hit him with some counters, a head kick in, and knock him out. So I do see knockout or a TKO being the method of victory for either men. And I think Strickland's aggression plus Hall's counterability will have this fight ending early, either in two rounds or three rounds. So whichever price you like, whichever handicap you like, I do think you have to look at an under. I don't think this goes into deep waters with the styles of these two fighters. I'm going to lean right into that. I'm going to play Sean Strickland by KO, TKO, or DQ, which is plus 190. In this fight, it's funny. Hall is the eighth ranked middleweight in the world. Strickland is ranked 11th, but the money's on Strickland. Strickland's the favorite, and the price continues to go up for good reason. He's 3-0 and since he moved to middleweight. He's got a big wrestling advantage if he chooses to use it. He probably won't. These two are going to stand and strike, but if it needs to get to the ground, if Strickland needs to buy some time, he does have a wrestling advantage here, and he's absolutely relentless. He just keeps coming forward against the counter striker in Hall, who if he catches him big, I'm in big trouble. You would end up getting paid, but I don't think that's going to end up happening in this fight. Uh, when you talk about going the distance, this is a five-round fight. These two guys have fought a total of 52 times. Neither one of them has gone five rounds before. <laughs> that doesn't mean it can't happen in this right. fight, but I would say that based on the styles-making fights principle, I don't see this going the distance. And remember, this is at the apex in Las Vegas, which means smaller octagon, so less room to run and hide if that's what you're going to be looking for. Hall, who's been good as of late, he's won four straight fights since he moved to a new fight camp. Keep this in mind. Um, he's lost four of his last nine. And in those four losses, the three most recent ones all came by knockout. 
So it's not as if he's got some chin that's unbelievably difficult to crack. He will get knocked out. Not to say, you know, it's a guarantee, but it can happen. So I'm going to take Strickland, KO, TKO, or DQ, plus 190. Excellent stuff. Catch us today, 6 p.m. Eastern, on ESPN2. Daily Wager, Tyler in the driver's seat as Kazarian's going to take the day off. That's it for today. 10 minutes with everything you needed to know. Subscribe, rate, and review if you get a chance. Good luck with your bets tonight. Good luck with your bets this weekend. And we will catch you guys Monday morning.